Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. The things that we see here in this text are freedom and fatherhood. And there's a connection between the two. Jesus tells the Jews that he's having a talk with that uh, that a son will always remain in the father's house, but uh, a slave doesn't remain in his father's house. Um, there's a connection there between freedom and fatherhood. If we are the children of God, which... John chapter 1 tells us to those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. If we have trusted in Jesus, we have become children of God. We have become sons of God. We are no longer slaves. We have gone from being slaves to sons of God. And because we are sons of God, we have freedom. This freedom comes from believing. We see that in the first verse as well. Jesus tells them, if you believe My words, if you abide in My words, you'll be free. Our society today, in American culture, we care a lot about freedom. But do we really understand what freedom is all about? We think freedom is being allowed to do whatever we want to do. We want to have the freedom to be able to have a lot of, do a lot of things, and some of them good. We want to have the freedom to be able to inter- engage in the marketplace without having excessive regulation. We want to have freedom to just do whatever we want, not to have any governmental imposed things upon us. But if we have Jesus, if we believe in Him, if we're sons of God, we have ultimate freedom. A freedom greater than anything imaginable. Let's read our text beginning in John 8.31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in My words, you are truly My disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me, because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, And you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now 
you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did, they said to him. We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but He sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot understand, you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Your Word is what Jesus is talking about in this text. Your Word is a light unto our path a lamp unto our feet. Your Word is what we need, Lord. Jesus says that if we abide in His Word, that we will truly be His disciples. Lord, help us. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Help us, Lord, to abide in Your Word. Help us to live in Your Word, to remain in Your Word, to never depart from Your Word. Because in Your Word we have life. Lord, we love You. I pray that You'd be with me. Give me grace. I am a weak sinner. I need Your strength and Your enabling grace to to preach Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. To begin, it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him. The last verse we left off on in the last week, it said, as He was saying these things, many believed in Him. He was speaking to a crowd of Jewish people. He was speaking to them, and it says many of them believed in Him. And then he, it follows, Jesus then spoke to those Jews who believed in Him. Who believed Him. Remember, earlier in the book of John, we saw how it said many believed in Jesus and yet Jesus did not entrust Himself to them because He knew what was in man. He knew what was in their hearts. He didn't need anybody to tell Him what was in man because He knew their hearts. 
And here it seems to be that case again. It says that they that many believed in him. It says that Jesus spoke to those Jews who believed in him, but then they reject what he says here. And he, it's almost like he's warning them before they reject it. He says, if you abide in my word. Well, what does it mean to abide? It means to live in, to dwell in. The, the word is to remain, to, to persevere in, to stay in. We are to stay in Jesus' word. And by Jesus' word, I mean all of Scripture. Not just the red letters. But all of Scripture, it's all inspired by the Spirit of Christ from the prophets all the way through to the New Testament. It's all inspired by the Word of Christ. But Jesus says, if you abide in My Word, if you stay in My Word, you are truly My disciples. Sometimes... We don't want to do that. And Paul, he warned that there would be a time when people wouldn't want to stay in Jesus' words. He said in the last days, times will come when people will, will heap up teachers for themselves. People who will just speak with, to please those with itching ears. Those were people who were not sticking with Jesus' words. People who were not Staying with Jesus' words. Who are not abiding in Jesus' words. As a church, we, Redeemer Baptist Church, from the very beginning, we need to be people who abide in Jesus' words. Never to depart from them, but to remain in Jesus' words. Jesus says, if you abide in My words, you are truly My disciples. You know, sometimes people ask, what does it take to be a disciple of Jesus? You might give a, a list of things. You might say, well, you need to do your quiet time. You need to pray. You need to, uh, you know, you, you need to do acts of service. You need to, to go out and do evangelism. And all those things are good. All those things are things that we need to do as disciples of Jesus. But the thing Jesus says here, the thing Jesus singles out is, abide in my word. And if one way you do that is by having your quiet time in the morning, great! But that is, that is abiding in His Word. And then the time that we come to gather here to, to hear the preaching of God's Word, that's a part of how we abide in God's Word. It's Bible intake. Taking in God's Word. And not just hearing it, James warned of, of being hearers only and not doers of God's Word. Jesus, I think, would warn about just hearing it and not really believing it. Not really embracing it. He says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples and you will know the truth. From note, from abiding in God's Word, abiding it, studying it, in taking the Bible as much as we can, we will know the truth. It's not something mystical. 
It's not something that's out there hidden. How do we know the truth? It's given to us. It's not some kind of a mystical, charismatic experience from from, uh, just getting overwhelmed in our emotions. It's from knowing Jesus through the Scriptures, from abiding in His Word. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And notice, the word know there, it's not talking about an intellectual, just assent, just, just knowing it and saying, oh yeah, I know that. But the kind of know there, it's an experiential kind of a know. It's, it's knowing. It's like knowing like I, I know my wife. It's knowing like I I have a a relationship with people. If you know the truth like that, the truth will set you free. The question that the Jews then come up with Jesus might be a question we will come up with. We really need to be set free, Jesus? We're not enslaved. There's no chains on us. We're not owned by anybody. We live in America. We're a free country. We really need to be set free. That's what the the Jews were saying. Jesus says, or the Jews say, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? They object to what Jesus said. They think, we don't need to be set free. We're doing fine, the Jews say. Well, first of all, how can they say they've never been enslaved by anybody? Don't they know their history? But what about those 400 years in Egypt? Abraham's children had been enslaved. They had spent 400 years in Egypt under Pharaoh. And God miraculously worked to deliver His people out of slavery, out of bondage. Yet, from that time, they had experienced other problems of being taken into captivity into the land of Babylon. And yet they were set free and and able to go back and rebuild the temple and, uh, and settle in their homeland again. And even then, the Jews were under the, the domination of Rome. Isn't it? common that we see in the Bible when these people were talking with Jesus, they so often misunderstood what Jesus said. There were plenty of things you can think of that these people would have been enslaved to in the fact that they were taken into captivity, in the fact that the Romans were dominating them. But they didn't think of any of that. They thought, we are Abraham's children. We're free. We don't need to be set free. We're doing just fine, Jesus. But Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And Jesus says this to us. We think, well, we live in America. This is a free country. We don't, we're not slaves to anything. Jesus says to us, if you practice sin, you're a slave to sin. Well, 
we got a problem here, don't we? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And we're all, from the moment we're born, from, from the moment we become conscious enough to be able to tell what is right and wrong, we are sinners. We are corrupt. And we, we just follow after the desires of our heart, leading us further and further into slavery. But Jesus tells us, if you abide in My Word, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How do we have freedom from sin? It's by knowing Jesus. It's by knowing His Word. It's by the truth who Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus said, by knowing the truth, by knowing Himself, we will be set free. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I commented about this a little bit earlier. This connection between fatherhood and freedom. Jesus here talks about a household that has a slave and a son. And the son has a relationship with his father in which he, he is not owned like a slave would be. The, the father and the son have, have a love relationship with each other. The son is going to inherit everything that the father has. But the slave, the slave doesn't remain in the house forever. The slave is, is controlled by whatever the master desires. Jesus contrasts this slavehood and this sonship. Maybe you think back to Abraham. And Abraham needed an heir. God promised him, you're going to have a son you're going to have a son and you're going to be the father of many nations. And, and Abraham was old in, in years and he didn't have any child yet. And he said, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Is, it, is Eliezer of Damascus going to be my, my heir? This servant that was in my household, is that going to be my heir? And God told him, no, you're going to have a son who will come from your own line. Jesus says a slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. And then he says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We need to have be set free from our sin. That is our fundamental problem. Our sin is our fundamental problem. Romans says the wages of sin is death. Jesus came to set us free from that debt. That debt of sin. That debt that we owe God. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus responds to these Jews. He says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. 
Jesus understood not all offspring of Abraham were truly Abraham's children. Abraham's sons. They were not really Jewish. Because we think back and there was Ishmael. The son that Abraham had with his his wife's servant girl. These descendants were not the ones who were the promised ones. They were not the ones who received the promises and the inheritance. And then you follow down Abraham's line and you come to Jacob and Esau. It was Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Jesus tells them, I know you're Abraham's offspring, which is what they were claiming. He was acknowledging what they were claiming, but he says, you don't act like Abraham. You're like those other sons. Like Ishmael, like Esau. You're not like the true ones. They're not like the ones who that followed Abraham's example of faith. He tells them, You seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. And there, they were claiming, Abraham is our father. He first says, I know you're Abraham's offspring, but then he comes back and says, you're doing the things that your father did. He's getting ready to enrage them, isn't he? He's basically calling them illegitimate children. He's kind of broaching etiquette. He's he's saying, you're... I'm not even going to use the word... (laughs) They said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, then you would be doing the works of Abraham. He says, you're not acting like Abraham did. Abraham had faith. Abraham had faith in the God, the God who made the universe, the God who made heaven and earth. But you're not doing that. You're not listening to the one he sent. Jesus says, I was sent by the Father. I I lived with the Father from all eternity past. I've come down here to tell you what the Father has said, and you hate me because you're acting like your Father. He goes on, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is what Abraham, or this is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works of your father. They said to him, there's some tension building here. You catch this? He hasn't really said who their father is yet. He's just saying, you're doing the works of your father. Get ready for what's about to come. Jesus, uh, the, the Jews said, We were not born of sexual immorality. He's saying we're not illegitimate children. We have one Father. Even God is our Father. And Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love Me. For I came from God and I am here. 
echoing what we heard in John chapter 1. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was with God before creation and He came down, lived among us, and He was teaching not only about Himself, but about the Father and about God's will for them that they should repent and turn to Him and look, in, look to Jesus. But they wouldn't listen to, listen to them because they were acting like their Father. Let's think back. Genesis chapter 3. You have the story of the fall. Adam and Eve in the garden. Eve takes the fruit, gives some to her husband. They realize they were naked. They hide themselves. They try to cover themselves. God comes and asks, what did you do? And He pronounces a a curse upon them. And he, he pronounces a curse upon the serpent who had tempted them. The curse saying, I will put enmity between my seed, between her seed and your seed. The seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And I think we've, we've seen before as we've looked at some of those Old Testament texts how there was a line of the seed of the woman that leads straight on down to Jesus. That promised one that went through Noah's line, that went through Abraham's line, that went through David's line, all the way down to Jesus. And there was this seed of the serpent all the way through the Old Testament that represented the enemies of God. The enemies of God's people. You had Cain who killed his own brother who was a murderer from the beginning. Jesus is telling them, He said to them, if, you were of your, if God were your Father, you would love Me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not because... Uh, I came because... Hold on, I'm skipping a line. I came not of My own accord, but He who sent Me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear My word. You are of your father, the devil. Jesus just was not being very polite to them, was he? It probably wouldn't go over very well if that's how we treated our evangelism. Uh, when we, we'll go door to door telling people about Jesus, and, and, and when they don't believe, we tell them, well, you don't believe because you're just acting like your father, the devil. Okay? Probably wouldn't go over very well. This is how straight Jesus is cutting it. He's telling these Jews, you don't believe me because you're of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning. This is why I think it's going back to this seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Whenever he says, you are of your father the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, we look back at Cain, who was that murderer at the very beginning who killed his own brother. And does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he was a liar and the father of lies. 
What did he do there in the garden? He lied to Eve. He said, oh, surely you will not die if you take of that fruit. He was a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. And every lie comes from that first one. Because, but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? He asked the question. Jesus was sinless. Never sinned once. Lived a full life from a cradle through the adolescent years up to adulthood. Never sinned. And he asks here his accusers, which one of you convicts me of sin? Have you seen me? Have you been a witness? Have you ever seen me do anything that's sinful? I tell you the truth. Why do you not, do you not believe me? And then here comes this strange thing that Jesus says. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is you are not of God. And we read through that, we might not catch it. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. If we were writing this today as modern people, we would probably change this around. We would probably want to say something like, whoever hears the words of God is of God. And we might want to say, we would want to flip it around. We would want to say, if you hear, you'll be of God. But listen to what he says. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. He's saying, the reason why people don't hear is they're not of God. You know something? The Bible talks about us, before we come to Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are dead. We're not able to do anything to save ourselves. We are not able to do anything of any lasting good towards our salvation apart from Jesus coming and bringing us life. We are dead. We're unable. When Jesus said earlier, um, oh, I can't remember what it is, but he says, You're not able to, you're, you cannot bear my words, you cannot bear my words. Literally, that's you're not able to hear them. You're not able to hear. There's an inability on the part of an unbeliever. They're not able to hear because they are not of God. That's why it takes a miracle for anybody to be saved. It's not just our power of persuasion. We can be the most persuasive person imaginable. We can be as slick as a used car salesman telling people about Jesus. But it takes a miracle 
to, take, to make someone believe in the Gospel. It takes a miracle. We can preach to someone until we're blue in the face, but unless God opens their eyes, makes them go from darkness to light, makes them go from a slave to a son, they will not believe. We are totally unable of our own initiative to come to God. That's why it's so amazing what Jesus did. He came to us. And when we go throughout this community, when we go anywhere sharing that Gospel news about how Jesus came and died for us, took our place, bore our sin, bore our guilt... It takes the Holy Spirit of God to open people's eyes. You know what? The fact that it, before we trust in Christ, we are unable to believe, we're unable to hear Him, actually should inspire confidence as we go out and tell people. Because we know it doesn't depend upon us. It doesn't depend on how slick I am with my Gospel presentation. It doesn't depend on how persuasive of a person I am. It depends totally on God. And that means we need to spend all the more time praying when we go out to evangelize. Because it doesn't depend on our presentation. It depends upon God. We need to ask Him to do the work. We need to ask Him to open people's eyes. I'll go back to the beginning. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, not a, not a full belief, because they begin to kind of push back and say, wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. If you abide in My words, you're truly My disciple. You believe in His words. I think abiding in Him is believing in Him. Spending time in Him. Listening to His words and embracing His words. You are truly My disciple. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I've talked all this time about the inability of a person who's apart from Christ to believe on their own, apart from Jesus opening their eyes. What we need is to give them the truth. What we need is to present before them the Gospel. The Scripture. It's not marketing. Not slick stories. Not even tips, life tips on how to have a better family life. What people need is the Gospel of Jesus unvarnished and the truth will set them free thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama for more information please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook Facebook